Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. pretty much every Star Wars fan can agree on is that The Clone Wars has made the Star Wars prequels better in a great many ways. Whether it's the 2003 series from Gendy Tartakovsky or the 2008 cartoon from Dave Filoni and co, both shows were able to expand upon the potential of the prequels and tell some fantastic stories. If there's one thing Star Wars fans have a harder time agreeing on though, it's on the subject of which series was better. Both had their own strengths and weaknesses, but whether you prefer the 2003 Grievous or 2008 Grievous, I'm Ewan from What Culture Star Wars, and today I'm joined by Ben Roy Turner to discuss which version of the Clone Wars is best. Say hello there, Ben Roy. Hello there, because I have to say it because if I don't, I'm gonna go to some sort of Star Wars gulag. But yeah, <laughs> Clone Wars Citadel. Yeah, yeah, Citadel. Or some random space station and be locked up for a hundred years, or or be plugged into a computer by the separatists. Who knows? Spoilers for some seasons of the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, there'll, be, there'll be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for it. But having just finished it like uh this week, finally, after about it felt like it felt like so so long, but that's just because I stretched out and like I wasn't smashing out so many episodes all at once. I'd say Clone Wars is a very enjoyable watch, but at the same time, I think parts of it, uh, we'll get into this a bit later, but parts, parts of it will suffer because of the certain like age group and audience it was made for. Uh, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um one thing that stood out to me with the 2008 series is that obviously I I was seven when the first Clone Wars series came out, um, <laughs> which was like that that I kind of grew up on that, and you know it was you'd, you'd put on Cartoon Network and you basically got like like two to five minute chunks of it every now and then, and sometimes they'd air like marathons of it, but yeah. generally you just tend to catch it before like you were watching an episode of like, I don't know, Justice League or like Duck Dodgers or something else like that. It was just kind of, both great shows everyone should watch by the way, uh, but it was that was basically just how you, ca- you caught it. And when I learned, I remember because like, in 2008 I was 12, again, I'm just showing my age here. Um, I was talking to, I, 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 was, I saw that they'd announced a new Clone Wars thing and I was like, why you had the, this, this great series and blah blah blah, blah. Um, watched the movie didn't like the movie and then basically because I thought it was a bit too 
kiddie. I did think that was a that was an element there yes. with the 2008 one in the sense that at least to begin with, it was a lot lighter than the 2003 one. But obviously, the further you get into the Clone Wars in 2000, the 2008 series, it takes you to some really dark territory. And, you know, there are some really mature themes it juggles, some really long, complex story arcs and, you know, different storytelling methods that are being deployed. So the evolution of the 2008 show is interesting because had it stayed in that kind of season one, you know, 2008 movie kind of tone slash area where it was like providing us with interesting story arcs, you know, fair enough, you know, fun sort of vignettes of like the Clone Wars uh, where you'd focus on a particular clone trooper or a legion or a different Jedi or whatever as they got got around on a, on a certain adventure. That was fine. I would have enjoyed that. But then the show became so much more. And I think that's what took it past the 2003 series for me, even though I do think that there are aspects that that 2003 series does better. And I would say as well, before we came on, I, I said to you, Ben Roy, that both shows scratch a different itch for me and when, I'm, when I'm after something from Star Wars. I think Clone Wars, obviously the 2008 version has the benefit of like those longer, more, you know, the longer running time in each episode and stuff. Whereas the 2003 series is basically just like two animated movies that were split apart over the course of different um, shorts. Um, yeah. But there are different things that they do. And I think that, the 2008 series could have maybe borrowed some stuff from the 2003 one and then it would have been like the perfect show yeah it's it's like comparing i don't know x-wings and y-wings bamfers and gundarks they they serve different purposes but at the same time they they, they do like clone wars 2003 and 2008 uh they are covering the same period of time but obviously 2003 isn't canon and 2003 has this like awesome animation style that which like i i sorely miss to this day but like again, like 2008 eventually gets there with characters, and we actually have like the journey of some of them, or we keep things going. Whereas like 2003 uh, is um, each episode was like three minutes, and it had an advert break in them back in the day. So you used to be, oh, I'm gonna get five minutes. No, it's like three minutes. Damn you, Cartoon Network. Three minutes of Mace Windu just beating the crap out of some battle droids with his just... bare hands. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, quickly to quote, like in the final season of Clone Wars, he goes to the droids when he tries to mm. get them to surrender. Like, I've ruined like a hundred thousand, you lads. Like, you ain't gonna get through this, so you might as well just bow down now. That, that I love that. But yeah, the Talakovsky one was to, to me. I don't think it can, if we were comparing, like it's good. I like it more for a lot of reasons. But then again, I love two thousand eight for reasons like we finally we see. I don't think it fully gets there of the Anakin stuff. Like after, unfortunately, I feel like we get more progressive with Anakin. I can see more. Like he gets jealous and becomes a jealous boyfriend at times, and uh, the sort of like tension between the relationship. But I feel like there are things between season six and seven. I know they were like they were years apart, right? And they were just arcs that dropped with him and Padme sort of happen like sort of a quarrel, and then we see him and Padme talking over like a a call, and they're just fine. I know times pass and things like that, but you know. Uh, there's always the, all these bits in like we could pick apart forever but in season in 2003 like i would go back to grievous now grievous has never been better than in that season and he even terrifying in, in every star he's like he's like when you first see the predator in the predator movies but mm -hmm. worse when he picks up what is it uh sharky by the <laughs> It by he grabs him by the face with his foot, smashes him to the floor, and then throw and smash him out and throws him away. And yeah. then like 
he's going at it, going at it as a key key Sorry, enemy. Shaggy's popped me again. <laughs> I keep on forgetting this is Jedi called Shaggy, and I think it's a missed yeah. opportunity that when Grievous shows up on that planet, he, when he gets grabbed, he didn't go like likes and then get like. <laughs> so it was. I can't believe they did that. It's just it's so funny. It's up there with one of the best names, like Sleaze Bagano. Make yeah. Sharky Cannon again. But when he just gets ruined, and it's a uh, is it is Kiadi Mundi that's left, isn't it? That is him, I think. Yeah, Kiadi Mundi and Sh- I think Shakti is on that planet as well. I think. I can't I, remember. I think Shakti. You know, she's not that. It's, it's someone similar, I think, of a mm-hmm. similar race, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe it is Shakti. It's, yeah, I can't remember now. I don't know what but that scene uh, when literally Grievous just ruins him and the music and everything, and it's just one by one these Jedi getting picked off. That is the perfect Grievous, and oh, I can't. I'm just so sad that they never did that. Yeah. Like, in Revenge of the Sith or in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I think um, to go back to your point on Anakin before I talk about Grievous, I was going to say that I think on a thematic level. They both serve different things that we needed from Anakin that we didn't see in the prequel trilogy to a certain extent. I think the 2003 series has a fantastic arc in really setting up Anakin's downfall in Revenge of the Sith because you have those impulses of darkness. And, you know, the way that the 2003 series uses Ventress, obviously I think the 2008 Ventress is much better uh, and more complex and not just a Sith assassin, but the way that they kind of use Ventress as as a jumping off point really for Anakin's major downfall and then you get to the, next, the the following season and you have the arc where he comes across the village where the men had been like, you know, tortured by the separatists. And he really kind of goes really, that's a really haunting sequence. And when he kind of goes off the rails in the 2003 series, and I do think that that's fine. That that isn't relayed in as great a detail in the 2008 series, because what the 2008 series does is it gives us Anakin Skywalker, the war hero, which we didn't get to see in, you know, nearly enough details, which is we would have liked to in Revenge of the Sith, because obviously, you know, you have that massive time gap, but you genuinely believe that he is a war hero there and you see his compassion, you see all the qualities of Anakin Skywalker that you don't, that you are told about, but you never really get to see in the films. And yeah. that's what I personally really like about that. And as for General Grievous, I totally agree. I think, um, I was really confused that they chose to go with Grievous as more of the uh, the comic relief character for like the the 2008 series, given just how successful the 2003 Grievous was. He was terrifying. I've never known fear like um, the the final a few episodes of the 2003 series where he's hunting Chancellor Palpatine, hunting down the Jedi. You have that really horrifying bit where he just does not give up and just chases them down. And obviously it then ties into Revenge of the Sith where with the reveal that Mace Windu has basically crushed him and given him android bronchitis. Um, so yeah, I definitely think the 2003 series Grievous is a big plus for me. And it's yeah. the one thing where I look at the 2008 show and I'm like, I'm fine with Grievous being a sniveling coward. I'm totally okay with that. I like the banter that he has with Obi-Wan as well and all the other all the other Jedi. And he does get a moment to be scary in the Lair of Grievous episode, which I really like. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, I think there is a lot to be said about showing Grievous as just this horrifying Jedi hunter trained in the arts by Count Dooku. You feel as though he's a genuine threat. Yeah, I just... It... I just wish they made Grievous some sort of threat a bit more than in that. And like, I I know it's a kids' show, but I would like to see Grievous actually murk and kill some Jedi, like like we had in like the first time 
uh, we haven't revealed in the show. He should have been a bit menacing, like I would say. Like it just kind of like it's just he never really has he's never really got his dues and i feel like he never really will now like i feel like we've sealed the sort of book on grievous and especially in uh the clone war series where we've got grievous we've got maul we've got dooku we've got uh is it cad bane as well we've got so yeah. many villains that turn up grievous for a lot of things a lot of times gets sidelined and then like even dooku gets sidelined at points where i feel like it is also like say sometimes i feel like Dooku does get like just forgotten about, and then he comes back and he's like, oh yeah, Dooku's Dooku's around at this time, and I, I would have liked to see like maybe because I always got the uh, when they meet again in Revenge of the Sith, Dooku, uh, Obi, and Anakin. I always got the forward feeling, to this. Yeah, that they didn't see each other for that long, but then you have is it in season six where uh, they see him again on the planet Big with Syndicate. Planet, yeah. Yes. Yeah. and i was like oh, okay then this is interesting and um everything like that and everything surrounding master sifo dias jedi master sifo dias i would just always say it like that whenever i think about it because it's sifo dias and just always be some mystery to me even though we finally get to see at least the ghost ghost illusion of him yeah. in this season well that's and- not, not, to, not to interrupt there, but yeah. like I definitely think that's that's the big plus for the 2008 series is the is the fact that it provides the context necessary yeah. to make the prequels make a little bit more sense. Like you have the exploration yeah. of the Cipher Diaz conspiracy, you have the explanation of how exactly Order 66 worked with the clones. You know, you you have. Um, all, there are other things as well that the series explains that I think I've oh there's stuff with Qui-Gon and learning how to manifest as a force ghost and how Yoda discovered that those are all incredibly interesting questions that the film just kind of brought up and then just kind of was like eh, we're not going to really go into that but that the show is so good when it delves into that sort of stuff like it genuinely is and then in between that we'll have like 17 episodes about someone like making a lightsaber or a droid droids doing some goofy stuff with a small little toad man like i can appreciate those episodes but sometimes i feel like those arcs go too long and they really break up the flow for me like yeah. this there's, there's that's why there are uh watch guides for this show because uh for the more like older audiences or people that maybe don't have as much lifespan or don't want to stay up to like three in the morning watching this sometimes like they want to see the, the the real meat here and not sort of like what i'd say so like the sometimes random fluff filler i, I don't know what, how do you feel about say sticking to a watch guide rather than watching you know, i know like we watch it all because i couldn't not watch it all because my I, i'm a hardcore star wars fan I, I need to see it all i need it i, I need to go through as many books as i can so <laughs> how do you feel about people sticking to like say a watch guide for yeah the, you know, I think that's fine. Like I, I used um, that guide you put out on Twitter, the the one on Imgur, which was like quite yeah. you know big people. A lot of people probably be familiar with that. Um, I did use that, but I I basically used it as a starting block, and then weaved in the arcs that I know that it missed out that you would absolutely have to watch. I think that 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 actual like guide misses out the really important stuff with the Night Sisters and you know the massacre on Dathomir where Grievous basically lays waste to the entire coven um which is crazy to me you know there are some big episodes that they miss out there and I think I would agree though on the, on the subject of filler and you know the way that the show is kind of set out um <laughs> one thing that I think a lot of people have been asking for with the Clone Wars the 2008 version is for a episode guide 
that had or an or a playlist of some sort that would give you the episodes in chronological order because yeah. the way the seasons are released sometimes they flash back and forth between years and it's difficult to get an actual placement on when stuff is actually taking place and that is exacerbated by the issues of filler that you know you kind of you brought up and i i think i don't want, i don't want to describe a lot of these episodes as filler i think that the, the, the issue is is that they're clearly you know self-contained stories which are fine again they're totally fine and a lot of them do serve a purpose but um when you've just been introduced to when you've just had a bombshell discovery that that maul is back and he's getting ready to exact revenge on obi-wan you then don't want to go about and piss about with the gungans and r2d2 for four episodes or whatever you know and that that is that is frustrating because i think there are also episodes from the clone wars that didn't get made that would have made more sense to introduce i think you know you talk about season seven for a little bit here as much as i love season seven and i think it is the best season of the clone wars because of the siege of mandalore um the 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 ahsoka walkabout arc i do think stretched on for a little bit too long and the decision to include that you know dedicate is it four episodes to it four Uh, four episodes um can i just yeah, can I on. just read, read, read and jump in? It's mm-hmm. when one episode is literally they get captured, they get out, and they get they captured get again. Three, like, it feels like three yeah. times. I'm like, what the f- is? Yeah, sorry, but you carry on. Yeah, yeah, but I totally agree. You know, it, it's it's. I thought that was just a little bit weird when you have story arcs that you know, you know, were made but then didn't get made into into actual episodes. So you have the Boba Fett Cad Bane arc where. Boba gets his armor and you know kills Cad Bane. You can actually look at the animatics for that on YouTube. Yeah. It is all canon. It is all continuity. Uh, and then also Dark Disciple, which resolves Ventress's arc, which obviously got made into a book that you should all go read because the book is fantastic. It's actually just a big arc of the Clone Wars. And, you know, it really it's important for people because it resolves Ventress's entire you know arc, which is so important because she's such a big character. Then you have stuff like the Crystal Crisis on the Power, which you could have also done as well. It's just. I feel as though where where season seven set itself as being, you know, in the immediate build-up to Revenge of the Sith, it was kind of hamstrung with what it could and couldn't do. Um, How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But it does, it does, it is, it is a little bit frustrating when you think about some of the episodes that got made and some of the others that we could have had that never made it. They should have, like, because they allude to it when they say, because, um, they what you were saying about Grievous uh, capturing Palpatine that was so great in the 2003 show they basically say this is happening uh in the final season and I was like they they should have showed that like that could have been an episode and then like say we cut down the sisters arc by two because it probably doesn't need four yeah. and then we also throw in like why what is Dooku feeling at this point there's no Dooku in this last season I know that's why because we basically uh, uh, cut to oh yeah we can't go to the Siege of Mandalore because Coruscant is now being attacked like maybe just get like say five minutes of just him before it's happening him talking of Palpatine and like say okay you're going to do this and this like sort of maybe little tidbits like that rather than random sisters that we might never see again or might have their own book down the line or maybe even have their own Disney plus show down the line but <laughs> didn't really feel like it fit here unlike where the bad batch kind of like okay yeah these guys are cool and I would like to see more of them and those first early episodes felt like you know classic Clone Wars episodes where we're just shooting a bunch of droids yeah I, I like that as well I like I like Sylvester Stallone clone he, he does he, is it Wolf the leader I don't know Wolf's no Commander the Wolf one with is, the, um, the one with the tattoo on his face yeah the, the one with the face tattoo looks like Sylvester Stallone if he was a clone but yeah that rhymes as well Sylvester the clone um we'll talk about um some of the other things I want to bring up about the 2003 version um because you know they had some great characters like you mentioned there like you know we had um the different villains in the 2008 series the 2003 one had good good villains as well we had dirge is it dirge or dirk i can't remember the bounty hunter who was basically that a massive thing, yeah. muscle tentacles who again was very terrifying but i loved that uh, and then obviously the 2003 series provided the basis for so much of what made the 2008 series good. You know, like Ventress, like we mentioned earlier, you know, she is just a generic Sith assassin in the 2003 cartoon. Um, yeah. Who then becomes so much more in the 2008 series. And one thing I also think is an interesting point to, you know, kind of compare and contrast is the depiction of the clones. Now, the 2003 series by, you know, not by any stretch of the imagination does it give the clones a fully fleshed out backstory. It does not, you know, dedicate as much time to exploring the ethical questions of, you know, how, why they fight, you know, their role, their, their relationship with, with the Jedi or anything like that. But it does give us Captain Fordo and the ARC Troopers, which form yes. the basis for, you know, the likes of Rex and, and, and Fives. And given that Fordo doesn't actually say that much over the course of either seasons one or two of that 2003 series, he is like leaking character everywhere. He is so cool. And that bit in the second season where it's the battle of Coruscant and he just massacres all those battle droids like coming at him. That is like some of the coolest animation ever. And I'm, I'm bitterly disappointed that he hasn't been brought back to the main canon yet. Like um, the, the clones from Republic Commando. Yeah, the um, his whole just demeanor, like he just looked cool. I think like in Star Wars, if you put 
a skirt on anything it looks amazing and like just inventing the art like that is the genesis of the arc tuber right like mm -hmm. and just that it's just like going around with it with two pistols like, blah, 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 and then like his other mates with like gatling guns and stuff yeah. and these are the elite of the elite and they're not just bumbling sort of idiot sort of thing and they can get a job done and they're necessary to help in obi-wan uh take uh down well kind of take down dirge because you know moon list is that the is that the planet they're on i can't remember the I, banking clan planet yeah, I have yeah. no memory of this place, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know a little of the rings plug there. But yeah, he just that villain, that thing of like the the I would love to see it again. I I can see why it didn't come back because I said uh Clone Wars had so many villains as it was, and for the first half of it, the Clone Wars show run, I think it was basically the Plocoon Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Like he was it was just let's talk, let's look at Plocoon and what he's doing today, which I'm always here for. But yeah, there was never, there was never sort of enough time for that. And yeah, it's a, it's a villain that we sort of lost. But then again, we one thing that we should probably mention with the Clone Wars, which is one of the biggest things, is the Clone Wars brought back Darth Maul, and the Clone Wars made Darth yeah. Maul surviving canon. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the two thousand eight series for me will always triumph over the two thousand three one, just purely because of the Maul stuff. Because I think. <sighs> Maul went from, you know, everyone knew the potential with Maul, like from watching The Phantom Menace, you know, he was a, a cool looking Sith dude who only had a few lines, but everything about him screamed, this is an interesting character. Um, and obviously the idea of bringing Maul back was already toyed with in other expanded universe material, which is obviously now Legends, you know, there was the, um, the Old Wounds comic, which was the hypothetical scenario where Maul comes back to... Um, find, you know, um, Obi-Wan on Tatooine and, you know, where he tries to threaten to take down um, Luke as well. Um, but the way they do it in the Clone Wars, they genuinely make Maul, like, one of the best Star Wars characters ever. Because of this show, I know people who, you know, say that Maul is, like, their favourite Star Wars character. And I think he's probably in my top five from what we see here. And then yeah. also later on in Star Wars Rebels. You know, he is so well performed by Sam Witwer, um, who I'm so glad got to do more Star Wars stuff after The Force Unleashed. Um, and yeah, just Maul and his, his rivalry with Obi-Wan, it's just like fantastic. And the way they position him as like the bitter outcast who could have been destined for greatness, who then tries to carve out his own destiny, you know, through, through the wrong way, I should add, you know, through revenge yeah. and, 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 and all sorts of stuff. I love that. I think that is one of the best arcs you'll ever find in Star Wars. I feel it's a, a, a teeny bit hit on because Obi-Wan doesn't care as much after that first encounter and he doesn't really like take him seriously, but that's Obi-Wan being sort of cocky and stuff mm. like that. But yeah, the whole Darth Maul stuff was done. Particularly, I, 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 at last we reveal ourselves to the Jedi, at last we had revenge is pretty much was the only real <laughs> sentence he had said for, uh, you know, like 10 years almost. 10 years, until, yeah. and plus when they brought him back and like the fact that he was all sort of like this weird spider droid uh, droid leg things and then how he sort of returns the form and takes mandalore and knows kind of what uh sidious as they all call him back there like i i love that we get more use out of the sidious name in this as well like because it wasn't really used but it was like it was on the the, the toys in the phantom menace run and then i didn't really see it again after that mm -hmm. but i I just love how he sort of knew everything was going on and 
but even his points with Ahsoka and like making that work in season seven and how he like kind of relates to her a bit and almost gets her on the side for like a few mm-hmm. moments and uh, it just for me he, he he I don't think he has ever done dirty in uh, in Phantom Menace no uh, and I can see why people may have wanted him back in Attack of the Clones rather than uh, Count Dooku but I'm I, I don't know whether it's because Count Dooku was played by Christopher Lee or whether I just like the idea of Count Dooku but the fact that we had this lineage of Dooku from, say, like Yoda, Dooku, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, yeah. Anakin, uh, all that sort of thing. And then going back, reversing to Luke. I like that there's that sort of like thing plugged in there. Again, that's 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 another point because like Count Dooku on paper should be like one of the most fascinating Star Wars yeah. characters ever. But the films don't really ever do much with him. Whereas in the Clone Wars, they do kind of dive into a little bit, you know, his relationship with with Qui-Gon and that has, that has then been expanded upon in other books like Master and Apprentice and Dark Disciple and stuff but um, yeah. that's that's what I like about it is that I feel as though no character gets wasted because the Clone Wars you know we just did a video on you know characters Star Wars characters who were saved by the quote-unquote expanded universe and I don't know I think I should have put Dooku on there if I didn't then I'm an absolute idiot because like he <laughs> is one of those characters who benefits most from the Clone Wars. Yeah he just he gets to have some sort of presence and feel dangerous and sort of like actually does a part rather than he's in Attack of the Clones and a couple of people recognize him or we're kind of meant to feel he's important. And then he just gets murked at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think maybe you could have had, again, there are so many episodes of droids going around being funny and goofy that we could have had a few more bits in there but for what we did like clone wars did a lot of good with dooku and i'm glad that i just had more dooku and i've gone to these books yeah. uh most of them that have had have been about him just to get more of his content because i feel like even though in the grand scheme of things he, a lot of people will say like why is his character here it feels like his character here is because george lucas likes uh christopher lee or something like that and maybe that's more the part in the um in episodes two and three uh but then again like at the same time he has such an interesting place and he's one of the only major jedi to walk away from the order because he's he's not he's not you never get the sense that he's a fully committed sith yeah i think the interesting thing there is that in that that exchange he has with obi-wan in attack of the clones where uh he's talking about how you know the republic's been infiltrated by a sith lord and we can stop him together um you don't it's a very weirdly delivered line you can never tell whether he's being sincere or trying to manipulate Obi-Wan or or whatever but the more you learn about his character the more you're like well maybe he did have you know obviously he's not a nice man he was corrupted by the darkness but like there is like maybe and I just a small crumb of goodness and noble intent there regarding his intentions you know where he trains Ventress is eventually a plot to try and overthrow his master or whatever so that's interesting and obviously you know we can't talk about Clone Wars without mentioning Ahsoka, who is, you know, just becomes such a phenomenon in terms of like just popularity, you know, introduced in the cartoon and has just gone on to, to reach all new heights in The Mandalorian and Ashley Eckstein, just what a fantastic job she does with that role and how Ahsoka develops. And the best thing about Ahsoka is that she has, you know, kind of the, um, the, the I'm trying to think of the right word, like the kind of the adventurism, the cha- the chaoticness of of uh, the cha- chaoticism of like Anakin, but then yeah. also the the smarts of Obi Wan, and I like how both Jedi kind of bleed into her kind of interpretation 
of the force and eventually that leads her to leave the order which again is an interesting thing when you go back to Qui-Gon and how that goes to Obi-Wan and then Anakin and I just think she's fantastic and you know what now thinking about that that she left the order why didn't we get Ahsoka sort of like Ahsoka Dooku stuff in in the final season like Dooku like well you left the order and we can perhaps you be my new apprentice now that's that a Ventress, great voice now that <laughs> Ventress is gone I have watched a lot of Clone Wars recently really good thank you but um yeah like it, it, but, but then again, there's nothing wasted about Ahsoka. So this is like the, the we have all the uh, the major characters of the set at all the posters, but this is the Ahsoka show for like a lot of it. And it it's well deserved. And when I went into this, because I watched that movie in the cinema, the Clone Wars movie, and I was like, yeah, people say Ahsoka's great, whatever. I'll get when I see it, it'll be, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And then I saw it, and now I believe it because Ahsoka is great. And just from the fact that she isn't just uh the what a lot of the stuff in the prequels and the jedi criticized for just being sort of blank slates i'm like i will not ever have emotions and i will use the force where she's like what about the droid attack on the wookies <laughs> yeah that's like the only bit of emotion for most of the council in the entire <laughs> entire tri- trilogy god uh the wookies but yeah she gets to question a lot more and sure she's a surrogate for like say each episode's got to have sort of like a a lesson for kids to learn and it's all about you know uh trying to be yourself a bit more and sort of like uh try and do better and stuff but i like how ahsoka is always always on the precipice of saying like trying to push things further and wondering and oh but we should help this person rather than just kill them and even to the point at the very end where order 66 is in full action and she still won't kill kill she still won't kill a clone exactly that's like the best that's the best thing that exemplifies what makes ahsoka so great she she works to understand she asks the question whereas the other jedi don't accepted it and anakin she's because she, you've got it perfectly she's the blend of anakin and everyone because anakin wants to ask a lot of questions but doesn't ask a lot of them he mm. sometimes just acts anyway but then with ahsoka she just just takes it to that one step further and like is what we would have expected the jedi to be at that point and i, I feel like she would have been the natural evolution of the jedi order if mm. she wasn't framed and outcasted and uh, i can't remember now you but was the her framing a whole plot by palpatine do we ever get it revealed that uncle palps set up this because i feel like he would have done that to mm-hmm. upset anakin you know to in uh, further on to get him breaking from the jedi well yeah it was, it was barisafi who did the the plot and i think yeah. i think it, you know it's heavily implied that once palpatine discovers that you know ahsoka has been well off barris has tried to you know set her up here he then uses that to his advantage to push Anakin further into his clutches I think is the implication it's been a while since I've seen seen that arc but it definitely seems that way and you know I think if anything this chat has shown that we love both shows and that both have great aspects in some areas they perform stronger than others um I did want to bring up I completely forgot to, to just you know just word vomit um a bit of thing that I liked about the 2003 series the the battle on Mon Calamari with Kit Fisto underwater that's a really creative set piece that I really yeah. enjoyed um 
but yeah, uh, let us know what, what Clone Wars series you preferred in the comments below or reach out to us on social media if you have been listening. This has been the What Culture Star Wars podcast. Um, be sure to like the video if you enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss more content like this every single week. Uh, if you want to, you can also head back to whatculture.com where we have more content like this on the website. And you can follow me on Twitter if you want to, at you and Ruins Things, and follow Ben Roy on Twitter if you want to, at... At Ben Roy Turner. And we will see you soon. Goodbye. I have nothing cool to say. So just send us Plo Koon memes. Yeah, all the Plo Koon memes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye there.